Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show this week with Dr. Brian Forrest. And Dr. Forrest, you have a special guest you'll be introducing soon. If people want more information about today's show or they want to find out information about your practice, where can they find it? If listeners want to send general, non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Uh, make sure you include that so we can thank you for the questions you send us. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can call 919-363-0190. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prostologist Victoria Bratan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? So we can be a little bit more specific. There are many types of hearing care professionals that can actually help someone who has a hearing impairment. And one of the questions that I have from some patients is, what's the difference between, you know, ear, nose, and throat doctor and what you do? So I'm going to kind of break it down for you a little bit. You have your otolaryngologist, your otorhinolaryngologist, your audiologist, your audiologist, your audioprostologist, your speech therapist, your hearing therapist. Um, you also have the hearing instrument specialist as well. All of those individuals could actually help you when it comes to a hearing impairment. But what you're looking at is who is the person you need to go to when it comes to a hearing instrument. That's very important as well. So uh, otogologist, uh, otorhinolaryngologist, uh, those have everything to do with ear, nose, and throat. Okay, so if you have a medical condition that needs to be treated, those are the ones that you're going to go to for that treatment. Then you have an audiologist. The audiologists are wonderful. I mean, you can, they do just about everything, but they look at more of the diagnosis, prognosis for surgery or for treatment. Uh, some audiologists actually fit hearing instrument. Not everyone fits hearing instruments. Uh, and then you have your audioprostologist. Audioprostologist, there's only about 600 of those across the country. And we actually specialize in hearing rehabilitation. So we look at, is a hearing instrument actually going to be the appropriate thing for the patient? Is a cochlear implant more appropriate for this patient? Is assistant listening device more appropriate for this patient? Uh, if the person can be fitted with amplification. So we look at those as well. If we see that there is a medical condition, then we're going to refer them over to an ear, nose, and throat or otolaryngologist that can actually help that individual get treated. Once they're treated or the doctor says, look, we you know there's nothing we can really do here. You're going to be a candidate for a hearing aid. That's what we need to do. Then they'll refer them back to someone like myself or an audioprostologist, which is what I am, or either an audiologist or either a hearing instrument specialist that's licensed to actually fit hearing instruments. And then you have your differences between a rehabilitation center that helps you for your hearing and then a sales office or a retail office. Um, our office is rehabilitation. We look at the whole picture as an overall. It's not just the hearing instrument. It may be assistant devices that may have to work with that or we may have to help the patient rehabilitate 
how they're supposed to hear and understand again. And a lot of times we have to work with the third party, the husband, the wife, the children, the grandchildren, to help them help the patient. It's not all just hearing instrument. It has to do with what's that person's lifestyle about, what is their thresholds allowing them to be able to hear and not hear. And then we have to try to work out something that's going to help the person for that lifestyle so that they can get back into the real world. They can go back to work or they can socialize with other people going back to church, dealing with their friends on the weekends, going on vacation, traveling. You know, now they can hear, they can understand, they feel more confident being out there again. I do everything. I do everything. I don't do any surgical and I don't do any medication, but it has anything else to do with the ears. Then we will assess, we will verify and validate what's best for the patient. If it has to do with ear molds for hearing aids or custom ear protection, anything that has to do with an ear that we can build, we will build it. We should point out that you are somewhat independent in nature, meaning that you aren't tied to any one manufacturer for a hearing device. That is correct. Yes, sir. Um, I've done this many, many years. I started in the early 90s. Um, but when I started out on my own and decided to fit hearing instruments on my own, I wanted to look at the quality of the products, the services that are provided by the manufacturer that makes these products, and making sure that the technology is the new the more new and advanced technology and not fit some on a patient that's been out for 10 years that they're not going to have repaired in a year from now. You know, we want to make sure that's more up to date. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because most people don't tell you, but I will. When it comes to hearing instruments, there's some manufacturing companies, they'll discontinue that product in four years or six years. Um, and some companies won't repair them once they're no, no longer available. So there are some manufacturing companies that have what we call an all-make repair. And these companies actually repair just about anything on the market. But once you hit that 10-year mark... And that's with just about every hearing aid, just about. Um, the manufacturers won't repair them anymore. And it's not that they don't want to. It's just parts do become an issue from that point. And when they're digital hearing instruments, a lot of the coding that is done when they update or update the, the firmware on their platforms, it actually will remove the old codes and then you can't program their hearing aid anymore. I have patients that wore, you know, they might wore Siemens forever and now Siemens is no longer Siemens. It's been bought out by another company. So when a patient comes in and says, oh, I've wore this product, you know, for 20 years, I want another one of these. Okay, we might be able to go with something similar to that, but we won't be able to go back into that technology again because it's not available. So we have to kind of look at what's best for the patient on an overall. I do have some companies that I favor, but there are, I try to keep myself open that I can fit just about anything out there on the market. Victoria, you have other accreditations that allow you to solve hearing loss that can be a huge benefit to patients. We're going to talk about that in our next segment. We're here with audioprostologist Victoria Brattan from Down East Hearing Care Associates in Hearing Aid Urgent Care in Nightdale and Rocky Mount. This is Access Health Radio on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Welcome back. This is Access Health Radio today with audioprostologist Victoria Brattan from Down East Hearing Care Associates. Victoria, I see you're on the National Board of Certified Instrument Specialist. That's a long title. So how does that benefit your patients? Well, you have your hearing, uh, hearing instrument specialist that's licensed in the state. 
And then after a person has been licensed for a while, can go outside of their credentialing, or I would say add on to their credentialing, and the next step up would be National Board Certified in Hearing Instrument Science. So I am nationally board certified. I've been nationally board certified since 2000. Um, so almost 20 years I've been nationally board certified in hearing instrument science. So for me, that helps me understand actual the ins and the outs of the technology itself. But it also helps me relate to patients uh, about their impairment, uh, things that are new, things that could be done. Uh, hearing aids are no longer hearing aids. They're actually hearing instruments. Uh, some people call them hearing devices uh, because they have artificial intelli intelligence in them now uh, where they're not used to have that. It was just straight amplifiers. So understanding the science of how hearing instruments work and understand the science of how the brain works um, that's why I stepped it up from that point and went into audio prostology. And then the audio prostology taught me how to connect with patients, how to actually empathize, sympathize with that individual and then rehabilitate that patient and then help them re rehabilitate with their partners, which is their family. Um, I truly, honestly, truly feel that when you have a hearing impaired person in the home, they need a rehabilitation partner. They need somebody to help them with their hearing aids. It may be cleaning them if they're of, of age. You know, when they're getting their 80s or 90s and they have dexterity issues, they need somebody there to help clean their product, help make sure the product's working and functioning properly. Um, but also educate the family of how to communicate with that person. And most people say, oh, we just yell at them out loud. No, it's not all about yelling to the person. It's being very distinct. Make sure that they see your face when, they're, when you're speaking to them. Make sure of your distance that you have with that individual. You know, some hearing impaired individuals, when they don't, they're not aided, they may have a 50% hearing loss. Well, that's half of their hearing's gone. So when you go a long period of time without hearing properly, you deform what we call auditory deprivation. And when that happens, it makes it even difficult for that person to be able to really comprehend what's being said. It's not that they don't hear you, they don't understand you. So when you raise your voice, raising your voice isn't always the answer. It's being very distinct with the individual or either changing how you're wording something. So if you say, Mom, what did you have for breakfast today? And she says, what did you say? And you say, what did you have for breakfast today? And what did you say? Then you need to reword that. You need to say, well, what did you eat this morning? You know, what did you have this morning to eat? You're going to change the way that you approach the person that's having the hearing impairment. Mm -hmm. But once they got their hearing corrected and you're able to put hearing instruments on them, a lot of that will go away. So there's going to be times, bits and parts that you may have to repeat yourself here and there. But most of the time, if the person can be properly fitted and fitted for their threshold, then that understanding level will actually improve and get better over time. You just have to remember, it didn't, hearing loss didn't happen overnight, so the correction will not happen overnight overnight you'll see a massive improvement but you'll see the improvement really over a period of time where the person's been able to rehabilitate by getting the proper information to the brain so the brain can process it and in order for that to happen it's especially important that hearing aids are properly tuned and you see that's not always the case that's correct. Yes, sir. Um, and there's so many hearing instruments out there on the market. And people will say, well, 
it's just a hearing aid. It'll work. No, that's not necessarily true. So it's kind of like you go to the doctor and you have your eyes checked and the doctor flips the lens in front of your eyes and he says, which one's clearer to you, A, B, or C, one, two, or three. And here you are, you're giving him the information. Now he's fitting you or she's fitting you with a prescription that's more to your need of what you want versus walking into the drugstore and picking up a set of bifocals that's sitting up on the counter that you're going to put on your eyes. It only helps you for reading. It doesn't help you for driving. doesn't help you for distance. So all glasses are not the same. So hearing aids are not all the same. So what we look at is what is that person's actual need? If they have a high-frequency hearing loss where it's noise-induced and it's damaged over a period of time due to noise, then they need a type of instrument that's going to help them go in and be very frequency-specific like an equalizer where you can go into those areas where they need it the most and then the areas they don't need it, you don't want to amplify as much so you have more control over the person's hearing. If the person has a flat hearing loss, which is more hereditary or or medication-related that ruins the hearing, the person can wear something like an amplifier, which shouldn't be a problem. But if the person has tolerance issues, meaning you got the volume up loud enough for them to hear and understand better, but if you go up another 10 or 15 dB of volume, then the patient becomes uh, very uncomfortable or they start cringing to sounds around them. So then you don't want a straight amplifier. You want a hearing aid that's actually going to go in, increase the volume where it needs it, but it softens immediately when something comes up that meets beyond their threshold. So that's important to know, what are you fitting? How am I supposed to fit this patient? Then you have other patients that have reverse hearing losses, and those reverse hearing losses could be hereditary. It could be middle ear issues that's caused an issue to that person or head trauma to to that person, and now you have to fit them in a different way. So It depends on the person's wants, needs, desires, and capability, depending on what you actually put on that patient. So what worked for this patient A, B, and C may not work for the other person that comes in play. So what we look at is you got a 1,000 people wearing the same technology. Nobody wants it the same. So we try to cater to that person's lifestyle. What is it that you need? What do you want your instrument to do? What do you expect your instruments to do. What do you want when you walk away from here? You know, so we try to look at the overall. Um, the things that we that we find hard for patients is the misunderstanding and becoming frustrated. You know, um, like I was telling you earlier, where somebody will talk to them and say, well, you know, what do you what do you want for supper tonight? Or would you like to go to church tonight? And they say, search what? You know, it's, it's so confusing. It becomes so frustrating for the person that's hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. You think it's bad for you to have to repeat yourself to somebody. Imagine this person have to deal with that every day of confusion of what is, you know, I don't want to go out into church today because I, I might have to talk to Mary Lou and I can't understand Mary Lou and I don't want to be embarrassed. Or, you know, they don't go to work anymore because they're afraid if they go in there, the boss man's going to say, you know, we're going to get rid of you. So I'm just going to go ahead and retire now before it becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. No, fix your hearing loss, and then you can go back into work, you know. So it all depends on what the person needs, depends on what I do on my end or what we do on our end or any hearing specialist does on their end. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the specialist doesn't have the experience with the product or if they haven't fit for a while or wasn't trained properly, uh, you can have a Cadillac hearing aid, and you'll never like the hearing aid if the person doesn't know how to manipulate it. 
So you want to make sure you work with someone that's got the experience. Um, not going to say that apprenticed aren't good because they have a sponsor there helping and working with them. But you want to make sure that this person is not a fly-by-night company where they're here one day and gone the next or they're constantly rotating people within their office. You want to make sure the specialist that you have is somebody that's going to be around for a while or has been around for a while. Um, and, and put your trust into what they're telling you. It's because they know their stuff. Up next, we'll focus on maintenance for hearing aids. This is Access Health Radio on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. We're back with audioprosthologist Victoria Brett-Tan from Down East Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care in Night Hill and Rocky Mount. How often do you like to see your patients? Well, for our patients, we ask our patients to come in every three to four months. Now, we do have some patients come every um, six weeks or eight weeks. And the reason why is maybe wax issues. Some people, they're just waxers, big-time waxers. So when you put a hearing instrument into the ear and you have wax in the ear, then it's going to get into the tip of that product, which will block the instrument from actually performing the way it should. So what we try to do is encourage our patients to clean their product on a daily basis, and we show them how how to do that and we ask our patients don't clean it at night clean it in the morning because at nighttime it's going to be wet and gooey you wait till the next morning you go to clean your product it's just going to flake right off your product and that's what you want it to do you just want it to come right off the instrument are you more prone to wax buildup if you have a hearing device not necessarily it's just when you're not used to wearing a product you don't realize the stuff that actually comes out of your ears wax is a pesticide for bugs that's why bugs don't live in our ears but it's also a moisturizer for the ear. It keeps the eardrum from drying out, bounces the ear out. Um, but you want that wax to a certain point. But when you're wearing hearing instruments, the wax can be an enemy to the hearing aid. The skin that sheds from your ear, your ear will clean itself about every two weeks. That skin moves out of the ear. And as it moves out, if you wear a hearing instrument, you're pushing it back into the ear. So what we try to do is just keep that cavity cleared out, keep that canal cleared out, so that when that instrument does go into the ear, the person's going to have longer time to be able to hear and understand before they actually start to have issues. But yeah, cleaning the instrument is very important. Uh, removing that hearing instrument out of your ear at night is important. Uh, and what I mean by that is some patients will leave their hearing aid in 24-7. Or they'll get in the shower, they'll take the hearing aid out, they'll get in the shower. As soon as they get out, they put the hearing aid back in, and they wear it all day long and all night long. They never take the hearing aid out other than when they're dealing with water. It's not normal to leave something in your ear 24-7. It's not, it's not good, just like contacts. You know, you put a contact in your eye, you're expected to at least take it out. And the same thing for your hearing aid. You want your hearing aid removed, allow your ear to breathe. That ear needs to breathe so it doesn't have to worry about fungus, anything growing in the ear. Mm-hmm. And that can be an issue for some individuals. So we do try to advise with them, let us check you at least every three to four months. Let's make sure your product's nice and clean because we're going to take it apart. You know, you don't take your hearing aid apart. You clean it. You might take a piece off of it and put it back on there. But we'll actually take the hearing aid apart and clean the nitty and gritty of it. If you come every three to four months and let us clean that product out for you, clean your ears out for you, your instrument will last you longer. Christmas is just a few weeks away now. Is this a time that you're seeing an uptick in patients needing your help? 
When it comes to the holidays, most of the time patients just want to make sure their instruments are nice and clean and clear so that they can hear their family for the holiday. So they want to make sure they don't have no problems, especially if they're going to be traveling or something. They want to make sure everything's in good working condition. So a lot of patients will come in right in a few days before the holidays. Can you clean me real quick? Can we take care of this real quick? Well, they should have been doing it, you know, weeks if not months prior to. So call today. Yeah, do it now. I want it done right now kind of deal. Donnie's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care is at 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Bevenue Plaza in Rocky Mount. Visit them on the web at downeasthearingcare.com. Thank you, Victoria. That concludes our show for this week, and hopefully you'll be able to use this information to be a better healthcare consumer. Our scripture this week is from Psalm 140, 1-3. Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who devise evil things in their hearts. They continually stir up wars. They sharpen their tongues as a serpent. Poison of a viper is under their lips. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show today, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.